Welcome to Alphabet Flight Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with guests. We talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is G.S.C. Cooper, and with me today is a very special guest, David. Hi, my name is David Gallagher. I am a comic book author and video game writer. I have written for Marvel Comics, uh, both for their online digital handbook of the Marvel Universe back in the 90s as well as Dark Star and the Winter Guard for Marvel Comics, as well as Green Lantern Core Convergence, and the Harvey Award-winning Werewolf Western series High Moon for DC Comics. And right now I'm writing The Only Living Girl, an action-adventure uh, young adult series from Paper Cuts. So yeah, you'd be the second person, well, third person technically, that I've had on this podcast that actually works, that worked with Marvel in some way, so... So yeah, I also record with uh, Rob London, who's current, who works on the uh, handbook team, and he's currently working with Al Ewing, uh, along with the rest of his team, on the history of the Marvel Universe, which I'm looking forward to. So yeah, but we are, t- but uh, you have a very special slot because we are talking about technically the last living character. Uh before we get to, uh, before we get to the book of the dead which i am doing a little bit of a roundup cuz i didn't want to cover teams 2 years ago for some reason when i started this project i changed my mind so i'm you know i'm round i'm doing a roundup but uh but yeah we'll be getting to the book of the dead fairly soon within a month or so so yeah, but that one, but the dead uh, but the book of the dead i'm going to be doing uh, a little bit more a little bit more stuff cuz um, they're, you know, they tend to, people being brought back from the dead tends to have interesting consequences. So, so, but we, to, but we are going to be talking about, not necessarily a person, but a, a thing An called electromagnetic Zags. intelligence, psionically charged with the electromagnetic field, which has a humanoid form and is capable of crude human intelligence and superhuman strength. Is that who you're referring to? Oh, it's almost as if, oh, it's almost as if you're looking at the same book as me. Uh, but yeah, um, it's an electric monster. Like imagine, like a like a just a thick dude, just like a real buff thick dude, but like electric, and that's what it looks like. Like. There's not much more to explain there. Although I do like the way that uh, whoever drew this in particular, uh, they had a, uh, they did the musculature of it really interestingly. Like, like it has the, um, like the electricity and everything kind of like arcs and stuff in a way that you see the musculature in a way that yeah, uh, is I thought very so interesting. Too. It's really interesting. Um, to look at this character because people forget that um, at least it's really interesting because yeah, it's a very humanoid, almost like Hulk like monster, which is great because this is an incredible Hulk enemy. So what's really fascinating is they give it the bulk. Um, if we're, we're just looking at the design, it, it looks almost like a, an electric fire monster kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and the things that I really appreciate are not yeah. just the musculature, but also because it's psionic in nature, there's like this little almost like a remnant of brain where its head is. 
Yeah, and and the and the cool thing about that is like they like the detail they put in it. Like they didn't like try to make it look like Kirby dots or something. It they look like squiggles. Like someone just like putting like trying to make a circle. Black dots that sort of float where where the forehead is. And it's a really nice and it's uh decolored. So it's like in this pinkish like hue where the rest of the body is in like this bright electrical energy. And I, I think it creates a really, really nice visual form. Yeah. It, it's yeah. And it's also like, I used to be a sucker for like electric monsters as well. Um, not as much anymore. I don't know why that kind of fell out of grace at a certain part, but, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's get to, let's get to this person's history. Um, so Zach's is a, gigantic mass of electrical sparks in humanoid form. Um, as we said before, it's highly luminescent, whitish yellow in color, and gives off the smell of ozone. And it can also hover or fly in the air. Oh. Oh, no, I just, I'm just, like, trying, just, like, smelling the ozone, like there's a burnt air around you. Ugh. Yeah, I think it's, probably- it's really interesting to see because it creates this you can imagine something, um, have, if you've ever been in like an electrical store after like a hurricane, you know, or smelled the sky, it's got that same sort of, I imagine it's got that sort of, that, that sort of burnt after smell. Yeah. And so, so, um, it's very, it could fire very powerful blasts of electricity. Um, it has like a really high voltage, which means it can incinerate matter and uh, which lies in its path. Um, and it like ba- it's a Hulk villain primarily. Uh, I think he fought other things, and he uh, he showed up as one half of an Infinity Warp uh, in the Infinity Warp annual recently. I think it was Cyclo no Whirlwind. I think it was Whirlwind and Zach. Yeah, it's interesting because it's. I think. Uh, I'm not as familiar with that storyline, but I I love that he's um, he's basically so in the United. It, I live in Brooklyn, and our power system is called Con Edison, and I love that he is actually burst at Con Edison nuclear power plant in New York. <sighs> when I think about the the shape and the smell, like and the appearance, it's very interesting from a from a um, connotation standpoint to think of this, um, like having worked with Con Ed and having talked to them and having them see everything. It's very interesting to think that this is like my worst electrical nightmares. Cause we've had like in New York city, like I've, we've had things like nine 11, we've had major power outages. We've had like steam pipe explosions. We've had all of these major city catastrophes. From, from a very visual, visceral standpoint. And do you imagine an electric monster that has that same sort of ability? We just had a blackout, like, last week in New York City. So if you imagine a creature that's got so much electrical energy that it can, like, by its very essence, drain power, think about seeing this thing and being scared, being scared so dramatically not just by its pure, pure physical size and its power set, 
but also by what it does by just being in the vicinity of it. Yeah, it's it's one of those it's well it's one of those uh villains that you can't necessarily break out a lot. Because uh and you always have to have you have to have someone like the Hulk or who else has he fought? Let me see. Well, of course, fought the Avengers. Apparently, fought the Avengers in the uh, initiative. That well, the Fifty State Initiative, which I get, I think is one of the best comics that came out of that like aughts, that like the mid aughts. Uh, the initiative, I. I really love it. Like it had lasted for about three years. It happened over like three major status quo changes from secret. Inv- well, it was civil war, secret invasion and, um, dark rain. And it's just, it's like, it's low key. One of the better comics I've read. And I right. wish well, more it's, people talk about it. It's interesting too. It's, um, it's interesting to see too, because I, I, think from i'm from a different era of reading comics in new york but i remember when he used to team up with gravitron to fight the west coast avengers oh i am i'm so i'm trying to like read like the like the 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 comics that like i you know kind of keep on hearing about from this era for through this i just read like the i just got done reading the like the first like trade big trade of west coast avengers and that book like, I go for being, like, I don't know if I want to read this to be like, holy crap, this is the funniest slash most awesome thing ever. Like, and it, it's like page by page. It's very, it's sort of ludicrous and over the top. Well, it's just like, it also has, like, one of my favorite panels I've seen recently was, I think it was like Ultron 11 was like trying to make up with Hank Pym. And it's just like, there's just a panel of like Ultron hugging uh, Hank and Hank is just like, well, your face is very intimidating, and this is uncomfortable, but you're trying? <laughs> and, and, it's, and like, the way that the face was drawn is just, just, uh, chef kiss. Perfect. It was just, so this, uh, so this, uh, tall dude is 40 feet tall, has the voltage of ther- several hundred thousand volts, uh, that could be, that's almost totally expended over a 20-minute period. Um... And it just and it basically just draws in like all of the uh, electromagnetic fields in his own. So like that includes like human brains. So when he absorbs, the more like humans he's around, the more intelligence he uh, they. I love the idea that he's got this semi-solid body, right? So he's got this semi-permeable body that has like no physical like so physical and kinetic attacks just sort of pass through him it's kind of one of those things you, you definitely don't want to punch a, a wall of electricity and i don't know if i like this sentence too much for an unknown reason zax finds the absorption of electrical slash psionic energy from human brains pleasurable and therefore undertakes the murder of human beings for their psionic energy right However and possible. i love that i love that sort of he can also control an individual's body through psionic means because the brain is made out of, you know, uses electromagnetic signals. So he can like, um, he can actually possess the body. And then, um, when somebody tries to attack that body, that body takes physical damage. So, um, but Zach's can literally j- jump from host to host to host. 
So for some reason, it cannot absorb psionic energy from the Hulk. Well, I think, uh, like, isn't, isn't the whole, like, psionic thing not working against the Hulk supposed to be based off of him being, like, of two minds in the same body? Something like that? Like, because, like, I remember before I put down Avengers vs. X-Men, um, like, Emma Frost saying something about how hard it was try- trying to, like, get into his brain when they were fighting. One of the things that I think is super on the nose, and we can talk about this more in a bit, is that he's a creature of pure psychic electromagnetic energy. And he literally took over a guy named Thunderbolt Ross. So I think that that's a little too on the nose. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. So uh, his, so Zach's own thoughts and behaviors can be influenced by strong desires on the parts of the human beings of, of the psionic energies that consumed. So, as we just were just talking about, uh, Thaddeus, uh, General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, was what uh, was like a being that kind of was able to take over Zach's, uh, like physical form because it was such a force of like will, determination, and, and pure aspect of um, Ross because Ross has such hatred and anger towards uh such hatred and anger towards the hulk so it was kind of nice to see this this all-consuming presence sort of take over zach's in a way right right Uh. so what what happened was following um basically ross was charged with the zach's energy and he saves betty from being slain and discharges all the energy powers that he had from zach's and then he gives Betty um, and Bruce the blessing to get married, and then he dies in Betty's arms. And oh, and he was brought back, and Thunderbolts Ross came back after, as the Red Hulk, because that was like that was a big deal, because it was a big mystery. Who? Okay, I remember now. Okay, yeah. So, um, so yeah, as we said before, he was a ac- product of an accident occur- occurring at. The Consolidated Edison Nuclear Power Plant. Uh, basically, a bunch of terrorists tried to shut down the power in New York. And the explosion that their stray gunfire that caused started a chain reaction. And it somehow created a psionically charged electromagnetic field of uh, humanoid who has intense, powerful abilities. And... Mm-hmm. He absorbed the minds of the terrorists and several of the engineers in the area. So I think that that's really sort of what gave it its very basic primal intelligence. And, and I love that it calls itself Zax. So it wasn't a name that somebody else gave him. It was a, it was a name that sort of like Swarm in Spider-Man and his amazing friends. You know, he's just Zax, Zax. Which when did when did Swarm come out? Because I want to talk about Nazi uh, bees so badly. Swarm came out in. Um, I, I, I want to believe that Swarm came out in the 70s, um, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, 1977, I think, and, and debuting in Champions. Yeah, Champions number 14, apparently. So, like, I'm wondering why, uh, I'm wondering why Swarm didn't get a, like, entry. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be covering that after the Book of the Dead, so I... We ended up getting like Mary Jane Watson. We got Venom. We got Swarm. We got 
um, a bunch of characters who uh, didn't get full entries because of omissions. Yeah, which we'll be getting to some people who I thought should have gotten entries in the first place uh, next episode. Um, but uh, but yeah, so and he uses the electricity from their brains to gain sentience. Um, eventually, it fights the Ho- the Hulk and Hawkeye. Um, yes. And that's uh, that's think Incredible Hulk number one sixty six. Um, also, uh, da, 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 da. let me because uh, it the, the the Thunderbolt Ross thing came a little bit later, so we pretty much covered the Thunderbolt Ross thing. Let's see what the next one is. <sighs> one of the things that's really interesting is that um, even though he's not named Zax. You see a Zax-like creature in the opening credits for Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Where Spider-Man, Iceman, and Firestar all like freeze him and then sh- and shatter his body. So you see like this crazy like fiery monster. Um, so you see him in an animated appearance on Spider-Man and his amazing friends and then a few years later he's in the in the 90 or a few years later in the 90s, a decade later. He's in uh, the an Incredible Hulk cartoon. The, the other story where his mind was taken over by someone was this scientist working at Soul Star Resource Source at MIT, um, Stan Landers, Mark Revel, and and, uh, and Alexandria Knox. Uh, they were trying to make a device capable of collecting the scattered electrical brainwaves of any human being that ever existed. Uh, when it was used, it made contact with uh, unusually intense field of electro-psionic energy in the atmosphere, which happened to be Zach's. Um, First, so, you know, he fought Hawk and Hulk, uh, Hulk and Hawkeye, and Hawkeye had shot Zach's up into the air. So and dispersed into the uh, basically dispersed over the East River, and that's basically his remnants were there. So when the scientists from Soul Star Research and, and MIT had worked together on this project, they ended up tapping into that energy, and the collected uh, the collected electrical impulses formed uh, significant enough energy field to to bring fact Zach's back to life. So apparently Zax found him self-influenced by Lander's intense love for his colleague Alexandria Knox and abducted her. And then, of course, Zax fought the Hulk and uh, Mark Revel short circuit anticipated Zax by shooting like copper wire around it from a from a uh, through it from a from a helicopter, which basically went directly into a thunderstorm and. So that's pretty much it. Uh, and then, of course, we had that, like, the big Zack story where Thunderbolt Ross, right. like, kind of And then right before that, he that had stuff. teamed up with Gravitron to um, fight the West Coast Avengers. Interesting about the characters that he was so defining in terms of, um, you know, when he fought the West Coast Avengers, that was really the first time the character had fought the Avengers. And he's such a powerful character because they're dealing with, like, Quantum, Zax, Half-Life, and Gravitron, these are four almost fundamental forces of nature 
that they're dealing with um, when they're dealing with, you know, these characters. The West Coast Avengers are dealing with basically the four primary forces of the universe, like weak force, strong force, gravity, and electromagnetism. And so yeah. it's really interesting to see um, how they survived and how they beat these characters from a very, like, scientific standpoint. Um, so then seeing Zach's, you know, like, obviously work with the Avengers and then becoming a, a Hulk foe again, um, possessing Thunderbolt Ross was kind of a really interesting story standpoint. Like, Hulk villains are... They're the ones that, like seem to confuse me the most like why they would put up against like because you know you have a lot of like the big people or like the elemental forces that like only hulk can survive and stuff but but then you have people like the leader and like um and gremlin and stuff like that like you either have like big brain or like big bots with them which i guess is kind of the whole whole thing with the Hulk. It's supposed to be one of the smartest men in the world who turns into an, a giant id monster, which is one of the strongest creatures in the universe. So, yeah. Which I love Hulk, which if you want to listen to me talk about the Hulk for a while, I have a Hulk episode. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, but that's pretty much it with Zach's. Um, you have anything else? I think it's interesting because he's such a powerful character that we haven't really seen him in a lot. He's, you know, briefly in Spider-Man as Amazing Friends. There's an entire episode devoted to him in the Incredible Hulk cartoon. Uh, he's in Earth's Mightiest Heroes when he's, like, imprisoned in the raft. And he shows up in, like, an episode of Spider-Man. Um, but it's interesting because he's such a, a tremendously powerful character. Um, it's, it's interesting to see how sparingly he is currently being used. Yeah, well, I think that's I think that's with like a lot of like the 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 big characters, uh, like the big like villains and stuff. Like it's it's hard to like have them break be like broken out for like a lot because you can only do so much with I'm a really big nigh unstoppable monster thing story wise. Um, at least, at least in my limited theory, at least in my m mindset. So, like, you have to have, like, those smaller, you have to have those, like, smaller villains who are more capable of putting out, like, a more nuanced story every once in a while. Because you can't have a fight comic every comic if you want to have a story go forward. It's interesting to see these. You know, the Hulk's very interesting as a character because he's a force of nature. And putting him against other forces of nature, especially... When he doesn't have his intelligence with him, is very fascinating. Yeah, like trying to watch a, a cat open up a door. You know, like it, it really takes the Hulk a lot of time because he can't really punch the creature, right? So he there there becomes a real struggle between like this is a character that the Hulk just can't punch like he can punch Rhino or the Abomination. This is this is a character filled with pure electrical energy. You know, and, and that becomes a really interesting, uh, it's like the Hulk trying to punch water. You know what I mean? It just becomes a really interesting story challenge um, as a writer and as a creator to, to make a character like the Hulk fight this creature. I think one of the reasons why I keep on going back to Hulk, because like, 
a lot of writers manage to because like the Hulk can be a very dumb character that just all does all it does is like um you know destruction but a lot of people pull a lot of pathos out of him and which is which makes him i think he's a very complex character especially what al ewing is doing with him nowadays um but like it's a very complex character that is that just keeps on you know keeps on giving like i mean like I, I think most people would agree. Like, just look at Planet Hulk, I, which I think is still one of the best storylines to come out in at least in my at least in my lifetime. Like, it's it's like so it's such a nuanced and fun book that that I don't think well, you can I, do I with a lot of other characters. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting. The Planet Hulk storyline is is very similar to another storyline um, they had done in the eighties, where Stephen Strange and the Avengers had uh, you had a mindless Hulk and they pushed him off world. And some of the elements of Planet Hulk are very similar to what was done in the seventies and and in the eighties. But yet, Planet Hulk became so uniquely its own story that it became just a tremendously fun story to read. Uh, want, uh, you want to do your plugs? I'm David Gallagher, and uh, you can find me online at, at David Gallagher at twitter.com. Uh, twitter.com. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. Um, I write The Only Living Girl, which is available on Amazon at your local area comic shop and um, Barnes and Noble and Target. Um, and you can also find my work um, for Ghost Recon available on October 4th from Ubisoft. Um, and that, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so my name is Jesse. I have another podcast called Creepy Critters, where I talk about cryptids in somewhat lower detail. And I also have a podcast called Limited Theories, where I talk about limited Marvel series issue by issue with my friend Rob uh, Trevino. Um, this has been Alphabet Flight. And please listen to Prince Namor. And don't toot that horn. Bye. Bye. <laughs>